Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five star rating. Fly Eagles Fly. This is a Brawl Network production. We're talking about practice, man. You're listening to Philly Sports with Giovanni. It felt really good to prove to everybody, but not only that, prove to ourselves that we we had great potential. And through the year, we just kept passing tests and passing tests. And eventually, we were the team to beat. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Giovanni Hamilton. Welcome to a special episode of Philly Sports with Giovanni. Today, I have here with me Derek Gunn. What's up, man? How you doing today, Giovanni? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. All right. So, uh, this loss doesn't hurt as much uh, because the Eagles, they, they played hard. And, you know, Travis Fulgham is a gift from the football gods. There you he go. played so good. Uh, you know, Carson played good. He trusted his young wide receivers. It was awesome. Uh, what did you think about how the offense played? Well, I thought the offense played uh, better than it had played in, in previous weeks. Uh, made, a, made a few mistakes, a uh, few too many mistakes. I thought Carson Wentz. Uh, got hit too many times again, but I thought he did a much better job because he was rolling outside of the pocket. And, you know, these these receivers we've never heard of keep emerging. If you go back to last year, same thing happened over the last four or five games of the season. Um, now we're starting to see uh, Travis Fulgham. You know, here's a guy who was cut by the Detroit Lions on August 9th. He was cut by the Green Bay Packers on August 19th. And the Eagles actually cut him on the final day of cuts. And he, he cleared a waiver. So surprisingly, some way, somehow, the Eagles felt they better bring this kid back. And you don't, you don't know what he's capable of doing because you've never seen him play. Um, and you didn't have any preseason games. But here, once again, a, a receiver nobody knows anything about. You know, he makes the biggest catch of the, of the game in San Francisco to help the Eagles win. And, of course, he has a huge day against a very good Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, uh, uh- all these young wide receivers, they just keep popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. And they're performing great. Uh, Miles Sanders is such a stud. He he could have a great year. He could have a thousand plus uh, rushing yards this year. And uh, I, I think that Doug's easing him back into the game. He's using him a little bit more. Uh, what do you think about Miles Sanders? I think Miles Sanders is a star on the rise. Um, I, if he's going to get a thousand yards, I think he needs to consistently get 
20 to 25 carries a game. My only concern is, is he physically built to sustain that kind of punishment um, over the duration of a 16-game season? I've always said that I felt Miles Sanders should get anywhere between 18 and 25 touches, but four, at least four or five of those touches should be in the receiving department. Line them up outside, put them in a slot. You know, you don't have linebackers that can stay with him. Most safeties in the league can't stay with him. So I think you need to move him around the field and utilize him, not just only between the tackles, although he had that great 74-yard run against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then, of course, the Steelers shut the running game down after that. So don't make Miles one-dimensional. Utilize all of his assets. The guy's a very gifted young man, and I think he's going to continue to be a dynamic player in the NFL. Yeah, I think I think that they could use him more, uh, maybe doing screen passes and stuff yep. like that. Um, the defense let the Steelers score 38 points. Uh, uh, <laughs> It seemed like every time Big Ben took the field, he scored. the The defense just they didn't they didn't play very good. What do you think about the defense? Well, in a game of chess, uh, defense versus offense. In this case, uh, the Eagles' defense got crowned too many times. They did a good job early on, but then all of a sudden, when Big Ben and those offensive weapons figured out what the Eagles were doing defensively. Uh, they move people around to win a lot of the matchups. And this kid, Claypool, my goodness, had a phenomenal day against this Eagles defense. Uh, and I still don't understand uh, how Jim Schwartz allowed uh, Nate Garrett to end up covering uh, Claypool in the slot. Uh, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger recognized that mismatch right away and went to it. And that was the defining moment of this game. Uh, but, it, you know, I, the Eagles, unfortunately, are suffering at linebacker. Um, outside of Darius Slay on one corner, you don't know what you're going to get in pass coverage from the secondary. The front, the defensive front has to be the cornerstone of this Jim Schwartz defense. They have to get continuous pressure on a quarterback and disrupt the timing of the overall offense for this defense to be effective overall. And some games, and against some quarterbacks, like a Ben Roethlisberger, who's one of the best in the business, in terms of feeling where the pressure's coming from, sliding up, sliding to one side or the other side to buy time until a receiver gets open, you know, the defense is not always going to get home and get that pressure, get the hit on the quarterback. So the Eagles are going to have to come up with some different schemes to help the back seven more so. Yeah, I think that they, they might have a little bit of trouble with Lamar Jackson next week. Um, all right, so I want to know um, – I, I loved watching you on NBC with all the guys on Quick Slants. Thank you. And, um, I want to know, uh, how did you get into sports media? Because uh, that's something that I want to do when I get older. Well, um, believe it or not, I didn't even want to be in this business. Um, one of my uh, football coaches at a small college I was at in California, he was also my American literature professor, and I was one of his better students. And he kept telling me I should be a writer. And I said, I don't want to be a writer. And so he tried to get me a, a job in this town I was in, in El Centro, California. And they had nothing open in, one, in either of the two newspapers in town. And so one day he calls me and says, hey, I got you an interview with a TV station. I said, for what? He goes, just go to the interview. So I went to this interview um, and I sat there and talked to the guy. And an hour later, he said, you're hired. I said, hired to do what? He said, you're going to be my sports director and you're going to be on TV giving scores and highlights every night. And I said, 
I don't know about this. And this was on a Thursday. And so he said, come back Friday and just kind of walk around and meet everybody. And we'll put you on our news that Monday. So I'm thinking I have three days to find another job of some kind to tell this guy thanks, but no thanks. But something in me said, you know what, just go. So I went the next day and I walked around. I met everybody, the news director, the general manager, the salespeople, photographers, engineers. And I'm still thinking my heart's pumping and it's in my throat. And I'm thinking I got to find another job. I got the weekend. So then about an hour after I met everybody, he goes, hey, uh, how far do you live from here? I said, about three miles. He said, go home and get a shirt and tie and a jacket. We're going to put you on TV tonight. I'm like, what? And I had no idea how to write scripts for TV, had no idea how to read a teleprompter, had no idea what I was doing. And so now my throat goes from up here to up here. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. So I was living with uh, some some former roommates, two guys from North Dakota and one guy from Detroit. And so I made the mistake of going home and telling them what I was about to do. They called everybody they knew because they knew this was going to be Comedy Central. Uh, so I go get, and I'm still thinking I got a I got a weekend to get out of this. So I go back and get a shirt and tie, and people there helped me write the script. Uh, people there gave me a, a crash course on how to read a teleprompter. And sure enough, my first uh, broadcast was like follow-ups, bleeps, and blunders because I stumbled over. I sounded like Sylvester and Tweety. Uh, I'm stumbling over everything. And when I got home that night after the 11 o'clock news, my, my roommates are laying on the floor just rolling, laughing, tears coming down their eyes. And I'm thinking, there's no way in the world I'm going back Monday and subject myself to this kind of continued abuse. Uh, but unfortunately, I couldn't find a job over the weekend. So I went back on Monday because I needed to work, needed to make some money. I'm, I was a long way from home, needed to make some money. And so I kept doing it and kept doing it. And my roommates kept laughing and everybody I knew kept laughing. And, you know, something within me wouldn't let me quit. And, you know, the more you do anything, the better you get. And so I kept doing it and kept doing it. All of a sudden, a year and a half later, I'm still thinking I'm trying to get out of this business. A year and a half later, I get a job with NBC in San Diego. And then I go to San Diego, and a year later, um, I get a job. I offer to go home, my hometown, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and work for CBS there to work with some people that I grew up watching. So I thought that was going to be a great thrill. Now I'm going home. I'm still thinking I'm trying to get out of this business. My mom wanted me to major in business administration. Somehow I'm stuck in this TV Bermuda Triangle I can't get out of. <laughs> so I, I go home to Milwaukee, and I stay in Milwaukee five years. And five years, I'm still thinking, okay, I'm home. Surely I can find a different job at home. Well, I couldn't find anything paying better than what I was making in Milwaukee. All of a sudden, I get an offer to go to NBC in Pittsburgh. And I'm still thinking, this is not right. I'm trying to get out of this thing, and more people are sucking me in this industry. So I go to Pittsburgh, and I'm there for 10 years in Pittsburgh. So about halfway through Pittsburgh, I'm thinking, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. you know? And then uh, all of a sudden, after I leave Pittsburgh, I end up here in, in, in the Philadelphia area with this new network called Comcast Sportsnet, and I talked to my agent about it. My agent is based in California. I talked to him about it, and I said, um, I don't know if I want to go to Philadelphia to work for a startup. And he goes, trust me, it's a, it's a new regional sports network. You might want to take a look at it. So I talked to my agent. I talked to my wife, and my wife said, okay, you know, let's give this thing a try. And we thought we would come to Philadelphia for maybe three or four years and get back to the West Coast. Well, three turns into 10. When we moved here in 1997, my kids were 10, 7, and 6. 
And I'm promising everybody three or four years from now, we're going to go back to the West Coast. My wife's from the West Coast. She has a huge family. We're going to go back there. Three turns into 10, 10 turns into 20, 20 plus. And here I am today, man. I'm still here. That's awesome. Um, so I want to know, uh, what's it like to be friends with Brandon Graham and be able to interview him? Because when you guys are together, you look like you're having a blast. You know what? The friendship between not just Brandon and I, but Brandon, uh, but, but me and a lot of players uh, since I've been here and then throughout my career is genuine. You know, sometimes you have to draw a fine line between be, be, between being the media and being friendly with athletes because, you know, people people will say, you know what? Oh, you're just pumping him up because you're, you're, you're his friend or you're not critical enough on him because he's your friend. But but Brandon and I just have just an organic or organic chemistry. We both like to joke, we like to tease, and as we got to know each other, that thing just it just evolved. And you know, people have always asked me, uh, why is Brandon Graham always yelling at you wrong again, D Gun? Well, I didn't find this out until a year later. But you know, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia used to have this show called Breakfast on Broad, and my old Quick Slants host Barry Brooks was on that morning show. And so uh, one year, Brandon Graham would come on once a week. And I find out a year later that Barrett Brooks was telling Brandon, hey, you know, D-Gun bets against you guys. He picks against you guys every week. I had no idea he was doing this to me. And all of a sudden, as Brandon Graham starts coming down the tunnel, where's D-Gun? You're wrong again, D-Gun. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so it became not just a big joke. All of a sudden, it became this cult following. You know, people tune in just to see Brandon Graham and I go at it. Um, but away from the cameras, Brandon Graham and I have a great relationship. We talk about a lot of things. Um, and right now, Brandon Graham and I and his wife, we have this big bet. Um, his wife uh, thinks that because of this COVID thing, the, there's going to be a work stoppage in the NFL. And I said there's no way the NFL is going to stop play because there's too much money involved. They're, they're the richest sports conglomerate on the planet. There's no way there's going to be a work stoppage. So if she's right, i got to make her some of my ribs. If I'm right, they have to buy me my favorite candy from California. That's awesome. Uh, so I want to know also, what's it like to be able to interview players in the tunnel and in the locker room? You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, um, I'm blessed to be one of the few people um, who have a job that, that a lot of men and women uh, would die to have, would, you know, would kill to have. You know, um, it, it's been a privilege and an honor. Uh, to, to go into locker rooms and to, to say I've been in every NFL stadium in America and I've covered 11 Super Bowls and I've interviewed some of the greatest uh, football players that have ever lived. But it's just an awesome feeling to go in there, uh, to be able to ask them questions that a lot of fans will like to ask football players. And sometimes you do have to be a little bit critical. And most players understand that some players are a little sensitive. But for the most part, players understand you have to ask questions when things are not going well. Um, and I think because of my relationship and my reputation, uh, not just in that locker room, but within the Eagles organization, they respect the fact that they know I'm going to have to come at them uh, a little bit harder. Um, obviously, when everybody's winning, it's like Camelot. Everybody's happy. But when you're losing, you know, that's when uh, a lot of harsh reality sets in on uh, the job that you don't like to do a lot of times, but you do out of necessity. Uh, but to be able to stand there and talk to players on the field and after games, uh, when, when the emotions are still flying high, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to, to do it for as long as I've done it. 
That's awesome. All right, so I know that you love barbecue. Woo! What is, what's your favorite thing to barbecue? Oh, man, baby back ribs. I love my baby back ribs. Um, I have four grills on my patio deck. I have a smoker. I have a uh, gas grill. I have a uh, Weber, black Weber charcoal grill. And I have this new big grill that people are really crazy about called the Blackstone uh, flat top grill. It looks like a mini restaurant grill surface. So I have four different grills, but I love I love doing baby back ribs. I have like 30 or 40 different types of seasonings in my in the wife in the cabinets in the kitchen. And I use a little bit of little that and my wife is my worst critic. You know, she'll tell me what she likes, what she doesn't like. You need a little new use a little more of this, a little of that. And sometimes I just look at her like, Can't you just enjoy the ribs today? Can't you? You know, but I like to I like to I like to cook everything outside, man. I don't care if it's chicken, fish, uh, brisket. I just love to be outside. Now, of course, I'm probably inhaling too much smoke in my lifetime. But here's the funny thing about it. Not only do I love the grill, I don't care what the weather's like. I don't care if it's snowing, sleeting, raining, uh, thunderstorm, windstorm. I'll find a way to light a grill somehow. <laughs> one time one time when we first moved into this house I was in shortly afterwards, uh, so we had a big uh, get-together with friends. And it was this bad rainstorm. It was like a Memorial Day weekend. A bad rainstorm was lightning. And, and I'm cooking for like 30-something people. But it's only like burgers and dogs and stuff like that. But a buddy of mine is standing out there with an umbrella that has a metal point on it. And it's lightning above us. I'm like, what kind of idiots are we? We're out here grilling, and we're about to get struck by lightning. So <laughs> luckily, we didn't get struck. But uh, that's, that's where I draw the line. I refuse to go outside and, and cook and, and, and grill when it's lightning anymore. Um, I think the game against the Ravens is going to be pretty tough. This week might actually be the first week that I have to predict my score with the Eagles losing. Uh, So to close this part out, uh, what is your prediction? Oh, man, when you talk about Lamar Jackson and the speed that they have, uh, on that offense and running back and wide receiver, uh, it's phenomenal. You know, but any team can be beaten on any given Sunday. Uh, my biggest concern is the injuries uh, that the Eagles have at certain positions. Uh, you know, we don't know when Deshaun Jackson is coming back. We know Alshon Jeffrey is getting closer. I like the emergence of these young wide receivers, uh, Travis Fulgham, uh, and, of course, John Hightower, who, who's going to get more and more reps. We need more out of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Zach Ertz, you know, cannot have 15 receiving yards as he's had the last two games, nine in, in the game against San Francisco and only six in his last game against Pittsburgh. Zach Ertz has to be a more of an integral part of this offense. Um, I don't like this matchup. Uh, the fact that it's in the link, I think it's going to be closer, especially because the Eagles are licking their wounds coming off that loss in, in Pittsburgh. But if you're going to twist my arm and make me make a prediction, I'm going to have to pick Baltimore in this game. You know, I, I was actually just thinking about it. Uh, the Eagles just said that they're going to allow fans this weekend. Yep. So I think that that will make a big difference in the guys. So I think I think my score is going to be 21-17 birds win. Wait, wait, wait. You just said you made, you were picking Baltimore. You, you're flipping the script now? Yep. I, I thought about it. And okay. Then, well, I hope you I hope you prove me wrong. But if you, I'm, you're going to make me pick a score, I'm going to say because that that offense is so explosive, I'm going to say Ravens thirty, Eagles twenty three. All right.
And I hope you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Well, you can find me uh, at, at the Real D Gun on Twitter. Uh, also, um, Gun on One on Twitter. Uh, of course, I have my own podcast, like you do. Uh, my Gun on One podcast is going well, uh, so I do that as well. Um, and on Instagram, uh, the Real D Gun also, and Gun on One is also on IG. So those are the best places to find me. Follow me. Um, I this week, I just uh, interviewed uh, Scott Hansen from the NFL Network, Red Zone host. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for 20 years. And I also had Adam Kaplan, an NFL insider reporter on. Uh, so that podcast should be should be out today. So I hope you and everybody out there will get a chance to listen to it and, of course, watch the YouTube version. And then you can give me your critique of the podcast. How's that? Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you as well. And I want to say, you know what, uh, I, I applaud everything you're doing. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I was out there at Lincoln. I was out there at the Novacare practice field last summer when you got to meet Carson Wentz. And you know, I'm not an emotional per person, but that moment really touched me. And I've had a chance to follow you in recent months. And I'm so happy that you're doing your own podcast. And I just want to tell you, man, keep smiling, keep moving forward. Don't let the negative people out there get to you. You know, because negative people are just bitter people. You are blessed and surrounded by a lot of positive people in your life. And you just keep doing you, man. And, you know, people are going to gravitate towards you because of that smile right there and because of your personality. And I'm just I'm just continuously praying for you and your family. And I wish you all the success. But do me one favor. Do me one favor, okay? As you keep doing podcasts and when you want to do your broadcasting career, don't take my job, okay? I need work. I got to work. I got a family to take care of. Can you just wait a few years before I'm too old to do this, and then you can have my job? Is okay. That okay? Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.